This, this particular word on this afternoon is dangerous. It's dangerous because we are going to go to war with the spirit of fear. I, I just have a question. Let's just be honest. Is there anybody in the room that you struggle with fear? Let's be honest. Fear. Okay. So now, here's the second question I have for you. What would you do? What would your life look like? And what would you give birth to if fear did not have a voice in your life? Oh, it got quiet. What book would you have written if fear didn't have a voice in your life? What ministry would you have launched if fear didn't have a voice in your life? Who would you be able to love back that you want to if fear did not have a voice in your life? Because it's God-like to be fearless. Did y'all hear what I just said? It's God-like to be fearless. Do you understand that your God is not scared of anything? Your God fears nothing, and it's God-like to be fearless. It is God-like to be courageous. It is God-like to be bold. It is God-like to not be afraid of men. What can they do to me? I'm not afraid of a council culture or what they think about me because I recognize who's for me. Can I get us to just shout this because I just believe we need to break something in the house and watch it online. Can I get everybody to say, God has not given me the spirit of fear. One more time. God has not given me the spirit of fear. Would you give God a hand clap of praise if you received that? Something is going to break in the house on this afternoon because I recognize that fear is affecting our decision making. I'm talking to somebody. There's something that God has told you to do a long time ago. But the only reason you won't is because fear has become your therapist. And every time God tells you to obey, you can't without first booking a session. <laughs> so it's like, God, okay, hold on. Let me go overthink, and I'll get back to you on it. <laughs> All right, enough for coming for your scalp. Let's get um, to the foundational text. Can I get us to turn to 2 Kings? 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 8. I'm going to have to exegete this while we're reading it just so that we can understand. 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 8 is where we're going to launch our reading. If you're there, would you shout at your boy, I got it. If you don't have it, you can look on the screen. It will be projected for you. 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 8, it says, Now the king of Syria was making war against Israel, and he consulted with his servants, saying, My camp will be in such and such a place. And the man of God, speaking of Elijah, sent to the king of Israel, saying, Beware that you do not pass this place, for the Syrians are coming down there. Then the king of Israel sent someone to the place of which the man of God had told him. Thus he warned him, and he was watchful there, not just once, but twice. Therefore, the heart of the king of Syria was greatly troubled. I bet it was. By this thing, and he called to his servants and said to them, 
will you not show me which of us is for the king of Israel? So you have to understand what is going on. The king of Syria is trying to go to war with Israel. But Israel has a prophet called Elisha. And Elisha has divine insight. So whatever the king of Syria says, this is what we're going to do. God was given the prophet of Elisha the insight, and he would tell the king of Israel, this is what they're going to do, so don't go there. So then the king of Syria is like, every time I try to make a war move, it's always like they're ahead of me. So who's the snitch? Who is snitching? Somebody in our camp must be snitching and taking back our war information to Israel because there is no way they are able to keep on knowing what we're doing. Who's telling them? We got to have a spy in the camp. It's just like we get emails and we get like comments and they're like, okay, who told pastor all of my business? Has he been in my DMs? Has he, has he been in my house? How does he know what I'm struggling with? How does he know what I'm going through? It seems like every time I listen, it speaks directly to my situation. It speaks directly to what I'm going through, and it's just because God is speaking to his servant, and his servant is speaking to you. I don't know how you're living, but I do know that God knows how you're living. And sometimes he will give me insight to speak to your current information, situation. So look at this. He's like, okay, who's a snitch? At verse 12, one of his servants said, uh, none, my Lord. Oh, king, but Elijah, the prophet who is in Israel, he, he's telling the king of Israel the words that you speak in your bedroom. <laughs> All the plans that you're thinking, like, he, he knows. So he says, okay, we're going to go get this snitch. This is what I need you to do. Tell us where he is so we may send and get him. And he was told, saying, surely he is in Dothan. Therefore, he sent horses and chariots and a great army there, and they came by night and surrounded the city. So they're trying to sneak up on old boy. While everybody sleep, he said, we're going to surround him, and we're going to get him. And when the servant of the man of God arose early and went out there, there was an army surrounding the city, with horses and chariots, and his servant had to be scared because he ran to Elijah and said, Alas, my master, what shall we do? So you just have to more, just imagine, you waking up in the morning, you stretching, about to use the bathroom, and as you're walking outside, you see a whole military and tanks aimed at you, like bust a move. And so he's like, okay. I got to go tell Elijah what's going on. He's like, Elijah, all your prophesying getting us in trouble. All that God stuff getting us in trouble. All of that stuff that you said, they have surrounded the city. But look at verse 16. Elijah answers him and says, do not fear for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elijah prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elijah. 
Listen, church family, our our verses of emphasis, our clause of concern that is going to serve us as a waiter for part six of our Destiny Decisions series. First is verse 16. After the servant went outside, it's like, okay, they're ready to ride on us. They're ready to go in on us. They're coming to get all the smoke. They're here. Verse 16, Elijah tells him, do not fear. I know what you see, but do not fear. I know it's a pandemic, but do not fear. I know they're not hiring, but do not fear. I know that rent is almost due, but do not fear. I heard the doctor's report too, but do not fear. I know they walked out on you, but do not fear. Fear. I'm going to keep going till somebody gets it. I know that you don't know how it's going to happen, but do not fear. I know you don't know how it's going to happen, but do not fear. For there are more with us than there are with them. See, see, you have to understand, Elisha's servant was only seeing in the natural realm. Okay, because there are two realms. There is a natural realm and there is a spiritual realm. Nothing happens in the natural realm that didn't already happen in the spiritual realm. Okay, so the lamb was slain before the foundations of the world. It always happens in the spirit realm before it ever happens in the natural realm. Let me put my foot on the gas some more where you could understand it. It's almost like it's New Year's Eve. And in New York City, they're turning up. And down here in Houston, Texas, for our New Year's Eve party, we're going to be turning up. But at midnight, they have already crossed over into 2023. But for the rest of us here in Houston, we're still in 2022. Everybody in California, they will still be in 2022. It's because it happened in another time zone before it happened in our time zone. Does this make sense? So things happen in the spirit realm before they ever happen in the natural realm. So this servant was scared because of what he was seeing with his natural eyes. (laughs) He was afraid because of what he was seeing with his natural eyes. I wonder how many of us are terrified of things because you are only seeing it with your natural eyes. And so Elijah began to pray, Lord, would you open up his eyes so that he might be able to see? And then the Lord opened his eyes and then he saw. Watch this, y'all. He was seeing, but he wasn't seeing. Did y'all catch that? He, He was seeing, but he was not seeing. It wasn't until God opened his eyes for a second where he could see in the spirit realm, he could recognize what I see naturally shouldn't scare me because of what I see spiritually. Is this making sense? And the same prayer that Elijah prayed for his servant is the same prayer that I've been praying over myself, is the same prayer I'm praying over the people I serve, is the same prayer I'm praying over the people I pastor. God, open their eyes so that they might see. Please hear me, church family. Your natural eyes, the eyes in your head, 
give you sight. But the eyes of your heart give you insight. Okay? The eyes in your head give you sight, but the eyes in your heart give you enlightenment. Let me give you Bible. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18. It says, I pray that the eyes of your what? Of your what? Y'all talk to me. The eyes of your what? Heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. I pray that you don't just see with your eyes. I pray that you also see with the eyes in your heart because that gives you insight. Hmm. I wonder, maybe we would stop letting fear counsel us and talk us out of what God has talked us into if we had some insight. Just maybe we would stop or perhaps we would trust the pace and the timing of God if we had some, talk to me, insight. Maybe we would stop lurking and monitoring the page of an individual or a place that left your mental health and your spiritual growth on life support if we had some insight. Oh, I'm about to get in trouble. Maybe you would stop sleeping with them if you had some insight. See, because with your natural eyes, he fine, ain't he? Mm-hmm. With, with your natural eyes, she fine, isn't she? I know. Oh, but if you could see them in the spirit. Oh, it's getting quiet now. Oh, if you could see them in the spirit. Some of us will see that you're sleeping with a demon. Yeah, if, if you could see in the spirit, you would see that you're having an orgasm exchange with a devil. <laughs> Maybe that's why it's hot. Y'all don't want to talk to me. Y'all don't want to talk to me. If we could see what our prayers are doing in the spirits, perhaps we would have a prayer life. If we could see what our worship is doing in the spirits, if we could see what our praise is doing in the spirit. See, I'm convinced if you could see what your worship is doing, when we have collective worship, there's no way you can have your hands in your pocket. There's no way you can look around and figure out what's going on. Because if you saw in the spirit realm the chains that are falling off your brother and the chains that are falling off your sister, if you had a chance to see if you could see angels are fighting the spirit of, of guilt and shame while praise and worship is going on, you might lift up your hands because there's some stuff I need to fall off me too. There's some stuff I need to break in my life too. There's some things I need God to do in my life too. If we could see in the spirits. If you could see what this sermon is doing in the spirits, if you could see what your church is doing in the spirits, if you could see what your words are doing in the spirit, here it is. And if you could see what your choices, see how quiet I got right there? If we could see what our choices are doing in the spirit, and if we could see how the spirit of fear is causing for us to forfeit things in the spirit, I believe we will start to go to war with the spirit of fear. Can I get somebody to say, open our eyes? Open our eyes. If we could only see what's happening 
and the Spirit. See, I don't want to miss out on any door that I'm supposed to walk through. Anybody else? I don't want to miss any opportunity, any upgrade, any blessing, any inheritance that fear will cause me to miss. Because that's what the spirit of fear does. It causes for you to miss out on the life you could have lived. Talk Holy Spirit. Fear is designed to keep you out. There's a life that God has for you. And God wants us to do it. But do we have the faith enough to listen to when God says, go and listen when God says, stay. Do we have the faith or have we allowed fear to talk us out of it? See, many of us right now, we are living under the influence of the spirit of fear. Making choices under the spirit of fear. Making decisions under the influence of the spirit of fear. We are making predictions of our future. Because we're living under the spirit of fear. You can't love certain people because you're living under the spirit of fear. Can't see ourselves correctly because we're living under the spirit of fear. Constantly overthinking because we're living under the influence of fear. Because watch this, fear has children. I'm trying to help us. It's quiet. What lets me know the Holy Spirit is right on to something. Fear is a parent. And it has children, children that go by the name of anxiety, overthinking, and phobias. The word fear in the Greek is phobos. It's where we get the word phobias from. I would waste 40 minutes of my sermon time if I were to break down to you how many phobias exist in the world today. There are hundreds of them. You should look them up. Phobia of water and phobia of rain. Phobia of small spaces called claustrophobic. Phobias. The spirit of fear is a director of lies. I want y'all to hear me. Think of a movie. The spirit of fear is the director of lies that hands you a script of fraudulence for us to memorize so that we could be cast in the film of Missing Destiny. Did y'all hear what I just said? The spirit of fear is a director of lies. And it hands us a script of fraudulence to memorize so that we could be a cast member in the film of missing your destiny. Because that's what fear does. It makes you miss the life you could have lived. It, it causes for us to believe a lie as truth and it's hard for God to use somebody who is in an agreement with lies this is so good y'all it's quiet it's quiet there are people under the sound of my voice you see yourself through a lens of lies and Satan has been working on your head all day for some of us he's been working on your head all last night Oh, he's been working on your thoughts all this week. Some of us, he's been working on your head all month. For the last year, he's been working on your thoughts. You know why? Because he knows that if I could infect the motherboard of their meditations, 
With fear and fraudulence, meditations become manifestations. Did y'all hear me? I want to work on their head because I know whatever they meditate on can transition into manifestations. Hear me. Thoughts are just seeds. That's all they are. Thoughts are just seeds. How they become crops is when we water them by meditating on it, dwelling on it, rehearsing it, looping it over and over. And so I know if I can get them to meditate on a lie, if I can get them to dwell on a lie, if I can get them to rehearse lies, they will begin to make predictions about their futures from a lie. I'm talking to somebody. So you will begin to think a lie is going to happen because of a lie you currently believe. So the lie I believe on Tuesday is affecting what I view is going to happen next month. Because they only come in seed form. Can I mess this up? The, the enemy is really not necessarily concerned about those that are his. Like those who live according to the flesh, those who traffic in evil, those who can care less about the gospel. Now, understand, anybody at any moment, as long as you have oxygen and as long as you have breath in your lungs, you could turn to Christ. But he is hoping that due to their choices, they will self-sabotage their own destiny. So I'm not really tripping too much about those that are mine. But it's, it's the ones that he lost. <laughs> it's the ones that are causing problems for his kingdom. It's the ones that are irritating him. See, when you live a life that gets on hell nerves, he tries to get on yours. <laughs> Someone's like, okay, I'm going to stop then. Please don't. <laughs> so he knows, okay, um. I'm not necessarily concerned about those that are mine right now. But those I've lost, I'm going to try to become a mental assassin. I'm going to strive to become a psychological terrorist of the mind. See, if on our claimed Christian journey, claimed, emphasis on claimed, on our claimed Christian journey, if you never have a defeated thought, if you would never have a situation that tries to scare you into retreating, if you never feel conviction, if you never encounter a devil, it might be because y'all are both going the same way. That part. <laughs> y'all might be going the, the, the same way. But for the rest of us who have made up your mind, like ever since you made up your mind to be sold out, like ever since you made up your mind to start bringing your family to church, ever since you made up your mind that 2022 is going to be the year of my spiritual evolution, ever since you made up your mind that God, if you don't bless it, I don't want it. If it's not your will, I don't want it. Ever since you made up your mind that I'm going to start seeking his face more than I seek social media, ever since you made up your mind that I'm going to start praying, ever since you made up your mind that I'm going to start fasting on things, ever since you made up your mind when somebody does take interest in me, I need to fast first and say, God, are these feelings coming from you? Are they coming from my flesh because feelings can lie to me and I don't want to entertain something that you can't bless 
And ever since you have made that resolve in your heart, you have been bombarded and harassed by an array of thoughts that many times are just lies. Can I get somebody to say it's a lie? So his goal is to try to make us make choices from a place of fear versus making choices from a place of being fearless. <laughs> because you cannot be spirit-led and counseled by the spirit of fear at the same time. Faith and fear both demand for you to believe in something. Did y'all hear me? Faith and fear both demand for you to believe in something. Faith says, I need you to believe that everything that God said is true and live your life like it. That's faith. But fear says, I want you to traffic in what ifs. What if I fail and what if they don't hire me and what if I fall short and what if they don't accept my application? What if this doesn't work? Faith and fear both demand for you to believe in something. The question I'm trying to ask us this afternoon is which one will you believe? What your faith says or what your fear says. If you want to know that you're one the hell lost, it's when you start having thoughts like this. You're no good. That's not going to happen for you. Your past is too dirty. You're really not forgiven. Do you think God could use somebody like you? Ain't nobody ever going to love you. You're always going to be alone. Your ministry ain't going to work. Nobody's going to subscribe to your channel. Nobody's going to listen to your podcast. You're going to get laid off soon. You saw they sent them a paper. You're next. This is not going to happen for you. When you start hearing thoughts like that, rejoice. Because it's irrefutable evidence that hell lost one. He lost one. And fear is trying to make you miss out on the life that God has called for you to live. Fear tries to make you miss out on that life. Can I get somebody to say that life? That life, I'm talking about kingdom life. Kingdom life, when you're walking around in your right mind and you know who you are and whose you are because you know God has not given me the spirit of fear. I'm talking about kingdom life. Kingdom life, when heaven follows you, but hell fights you, and you know that God has not given me the spirit of fear. I'm talking about kingdom life. When you know that, yea, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. It's because you know that God has not given you a spirit of fear. I'm talking about kingdom life. When you know no weapon formed against me shall prosper, that does not mean they won't form. It just means that they won't prosper because you know that God has not given you the spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. I'm talking about kingdom life, that your, your presence shifts climates. When your prayer life calls for bullets to go another direction and miss you and your loved one, kingdom life. Can I get somebody to say kingdom life? Because I know that God has not given me the spirit of fear. I'm talking about kingdom life to where your prayers unlock doors that Satan thought he had bolted. Y'all better come get me. Satan will have to have a meeting with his demonic staff and ask, how did they get past our security? How did that, line, that landmine not take them out? 
How did that divorce not take them out? How did them talking about them not take them out? They know they're sensitive. How are they ignoring that? They turned down the drink. I'm confused. How are they still worshiping? I'm confused. How are they still faithful? I'm confused. How are they still seeking God? I'm confused. How are they still devoted? I'm confused. How are they still crying to the helper? I'm confused. It's because I know that God rescued me. I'm just thankful that God saved me. I'm thankful that he didn't throw me away. I'm thankful that he's not holding my sins against me. I'm thankful that he has a call on my life. I'm thankful that he has a call on your life. I'm thankful that he sees me as worthy. I'm thankful that he sees me as righteous, not by my works, but by Jesus' righteousness. Would you give a God a praise in the house? Can I get somebody to shout, devil, you're a liar. God has not given us the spirits of fear. I want to speak around this thought from this subject for just a few moments on this afternoon. I haven't given you the spirit of fear. I haven't given you the spirit of fear. This is so important, church, because many of us are making decisions and choices from fear versus making choices from being fearless. And it's God like to be courageous. God, in this moment, would you visit us? We're asking, oh God, would you cause for change to break in the house for everybody who's watching online who will listen to the podcast. We surrender our will to you, oh God. Open our eyes so that we will no longer surrender our heart to terror. But God, we will trust you because truly there is more that is for us than those that are against us. And everybody who agrees with that prayer, would you shout in the room, amen. amen. There's a confession that I want all of us to say. Everybody watching online, would you put it in the room in all caps? Can I get everybody to say, fear, fear. you are no longer running management. I felt that, y'all. One more time. Fear, fear. you are no longer running management. Today was the last day. You tell me what to do. I have a new supervisor. One more time. Fear, you are no longer running management. Today was the last day. You tell me what to do. I have a new supervisor. I feel this, y'all. The series has been absolutely amazing. And for many of us, this series is a lifesaver. It helps you navigate through your life and will save your peace from making decisions that will cause for us to stay in places and spaces longer than we have to. We learned that this series is endorsed and is fostered by this kingdom law, sowing and reaping. This simply means that when you sow a decision, y'all talk to me, you're going to reap a condition. And we learned Ephesians 5 verse 15 told us to walk circumspectly, meaning understand that your life goes in a circle. If I could break it down a little bit more, the choices that we are making, like where we are today is due to the choices we made yesterday. And where we will be tomorrow 
is due to the choices that we're making on today. This is why the condition of your head right now matters. Hear me. This is why your mental health and your, and your biblical intelligence matters. Because your life moves in the direction of your most dominant thoughts. So if your most dominant thoughts are regret from your past, that is going to currently affect your decisions on today. And I've tried to get us to understand that your past is supposed to just be a point of reference, not a place of residence. Because I can't move forward and think backward at the same time. Whatever is your most dominant thought, it will affect your decision making. If your most dominant thought is money, all about the Benjamins, baby. I'm all about the Benjamin. Y'all don't know nothing about that. <laughs> if that is your most dominant thought, you will compromise your morals, your standards. You will sacrifice your mental health and sometimes even your family <laughs> to just obtain more dead presidents at the expense of having a dead soul. It's like this quote I read when I was in college. Some people are so poor, all they have is money. <laughs> They're so poor, all they have is money. They don't have love. They don't have organic joy. They just have like social media posted joy. This is why don't compare yourself to them because people don't post where they really are. You don't know, ooh, you don't know the fakery they had to go through to post that little image that appears that they're happy. And you're saying, I want a ministry like that. I want a joy like that. I want a marriage like that. No, you don't. If you can see in the spirit. <laughs> That's not organic joy. Not organic joy. They don't have peace. Peace will make a rich man jealous. They will be at their penthouse looking down at you in your apartment and jealous because you could sleep and they can't. See, that's why all that stuff, you're going to get a house and you're going to get a car. For some people, I don't need to hear that. I got a house and I got four cars, but I can't sleep. Rich, but you try to take a nap, but the nap won't take you. <laughs> Peace will make a rich man jealous. Because you got the Prince of Peace. And I discovered this real quick in my relationship with God. The Prince of Peace affects pieces. <laughs> Every piece of my life is affected by my Prince of Peace. So my marriage has peace. My singleness had peace. My ministry has peace. My mind has peace. My soul has peace. Because the Prince of Peace is running government here. See, it is better for you to live in a 784 square foot apartment and have the peace of God than for you to have seven acres, 15 bedrooms, and demonic chaos. It is better. I'm trying. Is there anybody who's arrived to this place? The peace I have now is worth everything I left. Peace. Peace worth everything that I have left. Not only is this series submerged in wisdom, to be an assistant to where we won't stay in places longer than we have to, because if we could be honest, prolonged seasons produces doubt. Anybody real enough to say amen? amen. 
prolonged seasons, like the longer you have to wait without a candidate, the longer you're in a place without an ETA, the longer, have you ever been on a plane and the captain hasn't came on the intercom, but y'all are just sitting on the tarmac? Just sitting there right there on the runway. It's like, when are we going to move? You're so frustrated because you're in a place of motion, but you're stuck. It produces doubt. <laughs> it causes for me to wonder, is this really going to happen? And this is the part we don't like. A lot of us have been extending seasons due to our choices. Like, due to the decisions that we're making... We're extending the contract of our process from two years to five years. Y'all don't like this, but I got to tell you the truth. I'm not going to lie to you. Like we are extending due to our choices. We are extending the flight that was nonstop to now have a layover. Do you have Bible to cooperate your claim? I do. I'm glad you asked. You remember the children of Israel when they came out of Egypt? They were supposed to get to the promised land. The land of flowing with milk and honey, that just means it is a land as, that is agriculturally rich. They were supposed to get there in just a few days. But it ended up taking 40 years because they did not allow God to detox them from Egypt. Because they did not allow God to lead them. Because they did not stop complaining. Because they did not trust God's timing. They ended up making what was supposed to be a season a state. So I know, we'll shout, but are we honest enough to ask ourselves, am I extending the season by my choices? Because prolonged seasons produces doubt. What was supposed to be a pit stop, our choices are making a parking lot. Because prolonged seasons produces doubt. Listen, y'all. Doubt will kill more harvests than failure ever will. For whoever said, I fear failure, your doubt kills your harvest more than the fear of failure ever will. Doubt will make you stay somewhere longer than the process ever will. Doubt has burglarized more destinies than taking a risk ever has. Doubt will cause you to be intimidated by other people and you don't even recognize that they're actually threatened by your potential. <laughs> they're threatened by your potential. It's not what you're not that's holding you back. It's who you think you're not that is. Did y'all hear me? It's not what you're not that's holding you back. It's what you think you're not that is. Doubt, this series... It's not only submerged in wisdom, but it's also handing out eviction notices. Any and everything in your life that's getting in the way of you making holistic, healthy, kingdom, destiny, conducive decisions, it has got to go. Any system in your life. Have you ever wondered, how does the system of trauma go from bloodline to bloodline? Nobody noticed it? How does the system of poverty go to bloodline to bloodline? How is nobody noticing it? It's because it is transported through the vehicle of normalization. It's normal. So nobody goes to war with it because we have learned how to normalize unhealthy traits. 
But when you recognize it's unhealthy, see, for some of us who never fit in in our family, it's because you're the one that's going to break something. You're the one that's going to break something. It runs in my family. It did until it ran into you. When you recognize the systems that are affecting your decision-making, it has got to go. When you recognize the patterns and the addictions that are keeping you stuck in a place that is not helping you make holistic destiny decisions, the Spirit of God will hand an eviction notice. It has got to go. Relationships that are keeping you in a place that God is calling you out of, it has got to go. It has got to go. It has got to go because I'm calling you to another place. I'm calling to upgrade your life. Fear will constantly have us believe the lies. Listen, fear is a manipulator that distorts. Distorted perspective, fear hands that to you. So that when God does tell you yes. See, we talked in this series about when God tells you no. But what about when God tells you yes? <laughs> How can you identify the yes of God? I believe the yes of God is always shadowed by three things. Favor, peace, provision. FPP. You want to memorize it. How do I know if God is saying yes on something? Favor, peace, provision. But watch it. What we have to do, though, Lord have mercy, what we have to do is to make sure we're not projecting on people that we think should give us favor. A lot of us are mistaking the yes of God as no because we have assigned the favor to somebody that doesn't even matter for your life. Because God gives you favor with people who matter. And so you're thinking, since I'm an author and they're an author, God will give me favor with them. Since I'm a minister and they're a minister, God will give me favor with them. Since they're an influencer and I'm an influencer, God will give me favor with them. Since they're a therapist or a doctor, God will give me favor with them. But just because you think they're supposed to give you favor does not mean that is the candidate or the transportation system that God is going to use to give you favor. And so you could end up hurting yourself because you're thinking because they do what I do, they're going to have favor. They're going to give me favor. And that may not be true. And I've arrived to this place. God, however you want to do it. However you want to do it. I don't care if it's through a post. I don't care if it's through word of mouth. I don't care if it's through a stranger. Just do it. Is there anybody who got to that place? I don't have to tell God how to do it. Just do it. Fear will cause you to shrink back, run away, run away from giants, or what about this perspective, run away from your promotion in disguise. <laughs> if David would have ran from Goliath, he would have been running from his promotion. Fear will cause you to run from giants, but giants reveal your David. Talk Holy Ghost. You didn't know that you had a David in you until there was a giant before you. Can I mess y'all up some more? This blessed me all during study. I was reading the text this week, and I noticed you don't hear nothing about Goliath. I mean, I'm searching hard. You don't hear nothing about Goliath until after David was anointed. Research it. 
1 Samuel 17. It's the first time we hear Goliath. I'm like, okay, where, where was he before this? You don't hear nothing about Goliath until David got anointed, which let me know the litmus test that you're anointed is when you wake up giants. One person caught it. The proof that you're anointed for a work is when you wake up giants. No wonder this financial giant is showing up out of nowhere. No wonder this slandering giant is showing up out of nowhere. No wonder this health giant is showing up out of nowhere. No wonder this hating giant is showing up out of nowhere. It's proof that you've been anointed for a thing. Because giants reveal your David. Like, you didn't know that you were that innovative until the giant of a pandemic. <laughs> You would have never started the business plan or the idea if it wasn't from that giant of being laid off. You had no idea that limitations are the breeding ground for innovation. <laughs> when everything is fine, I won't give birth. But once God induces you through pressure, you give birth to something. You would not ever know that you had a David on the inside of you if you did not stand before a giant. I didn't know I was as called. And so David would have been running from his promotion. I wonder how many of us are running from giants that's your upgrade. Running from your promotion in disguise because fear wants you to retreat, step back, and it manipulates what you see. The enemy assigns terror to your heart so you can never trust in the Lord with all of it. I want my heart to be so filled with the word of God so that when fear is talking, I could know you're a liar. Who would you love if you didn't have fear? What would you birth if you do not have fear. I want to show y'all something. Look at this. Numbers chapter 13. Is this good so far? Yes. Numbers chapter 13, verse 30. It says, Then Caleb quieted the people <clears throat> before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are able to overcome it. But the men who had gone up said, listen, bro, don't speak for yourself. We are not able to go up against these people, for they are stronger than we. And they have, they have children, of, they gave the children of Israel a bad report. This is why you have to be careful who you tell your vision to. They gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying, the land through which we have gone in as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people we saw in it are men of great stature. There we saw giants. Somebody say giants. The descendant of Anak come from giants. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in their sight. Two people seeing the same thing but not seeing the same thing. Oh, I hope y'all are ready for this. That the Holy Spirit really was messing me up because I was looking at this. I said, okay. They, they saw giants in the land. We appeared as grasshoppers in our own sight. Saw giants. 
grasshoppers in our own sight, okay? Saw, sight. Saw, sight. Sight, saw. Elijah prayed, opened up his eyes so that he might see. The Lord opened his eyes and he saw. See, saw, sight. We walk by faith and not by sight, okay? See, saw, sight. Sight, saw, see. See, saw, see, saw. Fear keeps you on the see, saw, when you only look what is in your sight. Oh, I get it. So fear traffics in the domain of your sight. This was revolutionary to me because it made me recognize that the spirit of fear is just an illusion. Gosh, I want y'all to get this. See, saw, sight. You're on a seesaw because of what's in your sight. Now, if a snake bites you that's venomous, the way you get cured from its venom is by anti-venom. You use the same thing that it used to, heal, to hurt you as the same thing to heal you. Okay, so then I looked at Psalms 34, verse 4, and it says, I sought the Lord. What? I sought the Lord, and he heard me and delivered, delivered me from all my fears. Okay, I'm scared because of what I see. Fear wants me to stay, the, stay on the seesaw of what's in my sight. But I'm told, don't walk by sight, walk by faith. And if I want to be delivered from my fear, I have to seek the Lord. Your deliverance is in your seek. Gosh, I'm trying to help us. Anybody who is struggling with fear, you got to have a seek life. You got to seek him in worship. You got to seek him in prayer. Your deliverance is through your seek. Because fear traffics in the domain of your sight. And I'm trying to help us if you can get some insight. And if you can start seek the one who gave you sight, I won't be fearful of what's in my sight. Because fear traffics in the arena of your sight. And then once it affects your sight, it will cause for you to see yourself as grasshoppers. This is so powerful, y'all. And so now I'm like, okay, I can be free because my freedom is in seeking and in the perfect love of God. Because the word of God tells us that perfect love casts out all fear. Okay. Okay. Perfect love casts out all fear. I, I, could, I could stand boldly before God because I know judgment was already rendered on Jesus. I, I can stand boldly before God because I know that he's the one that has my back, my front, and my side by side. So what I see before me should not cause me to have terror in my heart because I've been seeking someone greater. When you are looking at your problem, it looks big. But when you put your problem in the face of the problem solver, I'm not saying it will start to cause the problem to get smaller. But when you compare the problem solver to the size of your problem, it doesn't look that big anymore because I have a seek life trying to help us, y'all. So now you have to have faith that knows how to clap back. 
That's what Jesus did. Have faith in the word to where you can clap back. So when fear tells you you're too dirty, you're like, uh-uh, you're a liar. Um, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 tells me that, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old is passed away, and behold, the new has come. When fear says, you know what, you're not forgiven, everybody's going to find out what you did. You can say, uh-uh, you're a liar, because 1 John chapter 1, verse 9 tells me if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us, uh, forgive our sins, and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. When fear says, you know what, you're a mistake, you say, no, that's not true, because Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 says, for we are his workmanship. Workmanship doesn't sound like a mistake. Created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Okay, you always going to be alone. You always going to be alone. Okay, okay um, that's a lie because Isaiah 41 verse 10 says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. Okay, yeah, yeah, but, but I'm jacked up. Okay, that's a lie to fear because Psalms 139 verse 14 says, I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. So now the question becomes, do you have enough word on the inside of you? Here it is. Do you read your Bible outside of me telling you turn to scripture so and so? Turn to scripture such and such. Maybe the reason fear has such a voice is because God has such a little one. <laughs> fear is designed to keep you out. And if you can remember anything on today, it traffics in what you see. Seesaw of what's in your sight. I want to give you some points and I'm done. Point number one, deliverance is for the seeker. See, I used to have so much anxiety when I for a message. Is it going to be good? Is this going to be good? Well, last one, it was good. What about this one? Until I recognized... Um, it's not about the passionate preacher. Preach out of my clothes week after week. But it's not about the passionate preacher. It's about the passionate seeker. Because Sunday's not enough. This is not enough. This is why you'll be on fire today. And depending on how much this fire set your heart on fire, you'll be on fire at about 5 o'clock yesterday. 5 o'clock tomorrow. But by the time Tuesday get here, who is Jesus? <laughs> you'll be convicted to not cuss somebody out while you're in here while you're in the parking lot but when you order your food at Papa Do's and they forgot your sauce no. see y'all don't want to talk <laughs> it's not about me sweating out of my clothes week after week it's about them passionately seeking him on their own all I'm trying to do is give you a road map on therapy Thursday I said God does not hand out arcs he hands out trees and instructions. And if you end up trying to build the ark without following instructions, when you face a storm, you'll have leaks. All this is is instructions. Deliverance is for the seeker. Point number two, the opposite of faith is not fear. It's sight. Faith over fear. That's great. The opposite of faith is not fear, it's sight. 
which is why the text tells us we walk by faith and not by sight. We feel fear because of what we keep in our sight. Open his eyes, Lord, so that he's able to see that more that are with us, they're more with us than they are those that are against us. Number three, intimacy is the antidote. For anybody who's infected with fear, your intimate time with God is the antidote. If you don't know how to pray, I'm going to give you simple five steps. Worship, that's to thank God for who he is. Father, I thank you for being a redeemer. I thank you for being a savior. That's worship. Praise is thanking God for what he's done and what he's going to do. So God, I thank you for saving me. I thank you for saving my children. I thank you, God, that you are guiding my life. That's praise and worship. I don't need music to do that. And that's not a personality. That's just not me. I don't do that. This is not a personality. Three petitions. What are you asking God for? First, tell him thank you. I notice this works in marriage so good. Don't go to your spouse just telling them what irritated you. First, thank them and tell them what you love about them. Just makes it a little softer. If they petty, they'd be like, okay, enough with that. What you want, what I do. <laughs> Thank him for who he is, what he's done, what he's going to do. Make your petitions for repentance. Anything and everything in my life, God, that's not like you, forgive me and help me to not re return back to my vomit. And then lastly, pray for others. For those who say, I can't pray longer than five minutes, if you just try those five things, you could be there all day. I don't know what to pray about. Watch the news tonight. You'll get a prayer list. <laughs> Intimacy is the antidote. And last point, number four, God's love is the anchor. 1 John chapter 4, verse 18. There is no fear in love but perfect love cast out fear because fear involves torment but he who fears has not been made perfect in love that simply means you haven't arrived to the place of understanding God's love for you you don't understand that Jesus already took the punishment so you don't have to fear being punished so many of us, under the sound of my voice, don't know that part of understanding the love of God is knowing that God's judgment fell on Jesus at the cross so we could be spared. And we view, we view God as one who's ready to punish. Anybody honest enough? To, I view God as soon as I get in trouble. I, because I did that, this has happened. See, the choice is pregnant. It's not that God added anything to your life. The choice is pregnant. Once you make the choice, it gives birth to a season. But it's not like God is adding stuff to your life. He wanted us to go to war with fear because he's been talking to some of us for years. And the reason we're not doing it is because the spirit of fear has become our therapist. And I can't obey God without first booking a session. So God, in this moment, we pray, as I pray weekly, 
don't allow this word to be a flash fire, to set us on fire for the moment. But God, we are praying that on today, on today, today will be the day, April the 24th of 2022, when we look back on this day, as the months roll past, we'll be able to say it was on that day where something broke. When we look on the files of our life, we could say it was on that day, that message, that word, that sermon that caused for me to confront my fear as a manipulator, a distorter of perspective, and as a liar. Because you truly have not, have not given us the spirit of fear. And it's God-like to be courageous and to be bold. Release us from the spirit of being timid. You're a lion out of the tribe of Judah. This means all of us has a lion on the inside of us who have accepted you. Would you give us the confidence to roar? Enough with meowing with our faith, but then roaring for the culture. Increase our roar. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody who agrees with that prayer, would you say amen?